The Chattanooga Drive-In Show is presented by Quality Tire Pros on Cherokee Boulevard, the highest quality tires for all makes and models of vehicles, and the best service in town. A brave and beautiful and uh, inevitable concept. Somebody was going to do it at some point. Why not us? The Chattanooga Drive-In Show, taking your traditional radio morning drive show format improving it improving upon it which is just not difficult at all given the state where most of them exist today syndicated or local and doing it in podcast form so you can listen every single weekday morning at 5 a.m. and get more news delivered in a more entertaining manner than the other guys can do or choose to do I don't know maybe they could do a better job but they sure don't that's why we're here, to replace them and the TV morning shows, too, because they're full of bland chatter. <laughs> don't follow stories if they don't have video packages to go along with it, and that's just a sad scenario. do have an interview today, this morning. Matt Hollander is going to be joining us, county mayor candidate, and uh, that will be two of the three Republican candidates. Sabrina Smedley has been invited. And hope she shows up once the primary is over. We'll reach out to uh, Matt Adams, the Democrat, as well. But for this morning, we'll do our normal show and we'll enjoy the interview coming up in just a little bit. Matt's here. He's in the green room, the least green green room you've ever seen. A nice Not burgundy couch. room, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, appreciate you guys tuning in this morning. Jeff Styles, that's my name with a Y. Jen Lambert, I'm Jen here. Russell Stroud with news and uh, Russell the Love Muscle and brian stone and the rooms are never green yeah they're never the green rooms are never green i've never seen a green room i'm assuming um, they used to have ferns in them like when Uh, zach galifianakis did between two ferns i mean green rooms must have been filled with ferns and ficus trees at one point so they must have looked like a jungle. They're never know? green. They're usually dilapidated, yes. actually. An old <laughs> coffee machine and some old, you know, recycling, you know, in a corner somewhere. Uh, appreciate you guys, though, tuning in today. And we'll go ahead and uh, hit some of the headlines for you in just a minute, the upfront wrap-up. Uh, don't forget, this weekend, Sunday night, Saturday into Sunday, we spring forward. Spring forward, it's that time of year again. Stop the madness. Stop the madness. Lose an hour and uh, check your smoke detectors. Let the rotation of the earth around the sun dictate what time the sun goes down. Stop the madness. (laughs) Well, it does. It's going to go down when when the sun goes down. Time is a construct to begin with. We don't need to construct it even more. Stop. Uh, Major League Baseball has... Announced another delay. It doesn't look like the opening day is going to get here before April 18th, which is remarkably late. Yeah, there goes my birthday plans on the 10th. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing I just uh, said to my coworkers here. I'm gonna apologize to everybody uh, who is our a listener or viewer of the podcast because I had the story yesterday of the discovery of, of course, you know Shackleton's ship. Uh, the Endurance, which uh, the the infamous 1914 exploration of Antarctica that uh, found his entire crew encased in sea ice and the ship was crushed, sank, and the story of survival is one of the greatest survival stories ever told in the human race. And they found the ship, and we'll talk a little bit more about that down the road, but I had that yesterday before anybody else had even touched it 
I thought, you know, at the end of the show, I realized I'd never gotten to it and I didn't feel that bad. I said, well, this is one of those slow pickup stories. Oh, no, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. Lead story on TV news last night, front page news today. This is one of those that really does just have the imagination of people and its grip. And they've heard it, you know, over and over again, probably if they pay any attention to history whatsoever. And it is awfully intriguing. And we'll uh, touch on that in just a little bit. But my fault, I let it go. I had it in my hands, and I just let it slip right through. All right, we'll go ahead and roll it right over to Russell and get started here. The first portion of the show uh, coming up, the Upfront Wrap-Up, brought to you by People's Home Equity, 591-9801, 591-9801, chatmortgage.com, two Ts, chatmortgage.com. And I'm actually talking to Bruce right now about the business of buying property. There might actually be an opportunity for us somewhere in the future, which would be nice and uh, always wonderful to, to talk to him, just do business with him. He's he's easy. He's easy to deal with. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. All right, so Russell, take it away and give us a look at the headlines as you've got them. All right, good morning, Jeff. A little bit more details on what happened at the Chattanooga National Cemetery a couple of days ago now. The individual who was shot by the police has been identified now as a Jonathan Finley and he faces charges of disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and aggravated assault against a first responder. Of course, you may remember the police say they responded to the cemetery on a report of a man acting erratically with a knife. When they tried to de-escalate, the man reportedly fled and then spun around facing officers with the knife, and that's when they opened fire, according to the police statement. Of course, those officers are on leave, and the sheriff's office is investigating. And it was revealed that the mental health unit was responding to a different area and was not present. However, they don't actually respond to life threat situations where weapons are involved anyway they wait until the situation is diffused and by the time this situation was diffused shots have been fired and the gentleman was already in the hospital so they would not have been of much use in this scenario so uh, not a win for the mental health uh, people right now but they didn't really have an opportunity to engage anyway the DA's office uh, cold case team gathered enough evidence for a grand jury to pass down charges against a man Antonio Espy Jr. in the 2011 killing of Herbert Strickland reports from the time about 10 years ago say that Espy walked into a convenience store on Dodson Avenue and opened fire. Strickland shielded a woman with his own body and was killed. Espy was named as a suspect back then and there was insufficient evidence at the time. However, new evidence was gathered and Espy was arrested at a public works building without incident. Finally, a young boy was struck by a car on North Howell Avenue, according to the police. The young man rushed to the hospital with serious injuries. Details, however, remain limited. And now live from sunny Burbank, California, it's Dave Hooker. So the SEC knows all too well who Brittany Griner is. What they know now is that she's maybe not that smart. Dave Hooker, off the hook sports. Brittany Griner, you remember her, one of the most dominant women's college basketball players of all time. Well, she plays for the WNBA, but that doesn't quite pay the bills, as we've discussed before. There's not a lot of financial support other than what the NBA is willing to do to prop up that league. So in the off season, you have players from the WNBA that play elsewhere. Well, guess where Brittany Griner has been playing in the off season In Russia. Guess where Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia? Why? Because it appears she had some some sort of marijuana material, oil, wax, whatever they call it nowadays, on her person. So she's been detained by Russia because the U.S. is rightly so upset 
with Russia for invading Ukraine. Now, let's not get into the politics of invading Ukraine. I'm anti-Russia, pro-Ukraine, just to get that out of the way. But what is Brittany Griner really thinking going back to Russia in the first place with all the turmoil that's going on and having some weed in there or some oil or some wax or edibles or whatever the kids are calling it nowadays? Come on, you got to be a little bit smarter. you got to see the big picture. Where are our friends and support staff, or did they just say, go to Russia, make all the money you can, because we're basically living off your basketball ability. Brittany, you're smarter than that. Dave Hooker off the sports. I think the word he was looking for was smegma. Or <laughs> Those are dabs, Dave. Dabs. dabs, dabs. That was it. I knew it was one of those. Yeah. Marijuana dabs. Hey, That's D- the, Dave's got some smegma at his house. The wax-like <laughs> substance where it's the THC heavy. Yes. Yeah. Again, I'm... Yeah. It's called dabs. I never thought I'd be this far out of the loop. Those are dabs. Oh, Papa Styles is asking questions again about that marijuana. Yeah, right. That Mary Jane. <laughs> that wacky tobacco. <laughs> No, I'm the same way. Like, I see the kids with their whatever the hell they're doing now, and I'm like, ah, I'm too old for this. Well, nobody smokes joints anymore, you know. Once they quit rolling joints, I was pretty much, I became an old man. I was a now, master at that. Now they got their, everybody's got their glass, <laughs> their stems, you know, and they use all these different substances. I can't substances. take any of it anymore. I Once can't, I don't do it anymore. Good old-fashioned tomato plant, you know, container <laughs> with your dope in it and just roll up the leaves and smoke a bomber. Got them. Let's just crush a Coke can and get a little tack. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Put some holes, holes in the middle of it. Make a little right. bong out of yeah. it. Yeah. Or yeah. an apple. Of course, God knows that we were smoking the paint off that aluminum material. Say, you know, yeah. aluminum is toxic, that, right? That red dye Coca-Cola you know, paint. Yeah. Might as well eat paint chips. <laughs> red red PMS number 12. Yeah, exactly. Carcinogenic. Um, okay. We should get like a hemp place on as a sponsor one of these times and... Oh, you're, talk, talk, you're to talking Dwayne. to the he, you're talk talking to, to the master of it right yeah. there. He's he he owns the hemp house. Well, <laughs> you used to have at least a little influence. It's kind of gone now. But. Well, all right, let's go ahead and get going here. Upfront wrap up again. Brought to you by People's Home Equity. We appreciate them very much. And uh, let's start locally. Um, first of all, the 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 shooting at the cemetery. Uh, we know the guy's name now. Mm-hmm. Still very unclear as to what he was up to. Clearly a mental breakdown of some kind. He was there looking for his grandfather uh, who was buried in the cemetery. He wasn't looking for a live person. He was weeping Mm -hmm. with a knife, apparently a large blade, and was looking for the place where his grandfather had been buried because he wanted to talk to him. So here's one of those scenarios where a psychological expert uh, from, you know, some sort of, you know, Department of Human Resources or Family Affairs Unit would probably have done a lot of good if they'd been there at the exact same time as yeah. the armed police officers. Yeah, the problem with that, though, as they pointed out, is that they they can't really put them in those situations where there's weapons involved just because the the danger of the scenario. They're not trained for that, and you a want knife? as few people involved in... I understand. Well, I mean, I didn't say, you know, go up and give him a hug. No, I understand. I mean, use a bullhorn and say it's not worth it and all that kind of thing. Um, But it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of questions being asked about whether it was necessary to shoot. Sure. It should be that way whenever there's a police shooting. I was going to say that that's how it it really should be. Every every police shooting should have a a heightened degree of scrutiny. Yeah. We give them the, we give them the right to take our lives if we're acting up. 
and we need to make sure that they never take that lightly. So, you know, let let the process work. Uh, going to be a big rally in Miller Park on Sunday called Let Freedom Read. Kind of like that. That was a nice little turn of phrase. Let Freedom Read. Guess what that's about? <laughs> I can't I th- imagine. I, th- I think you can all imagine what that's about. Yeah, the uh, backlash against the backlash against the curriculum that are supposedly pro-gay or grooming kids to be in some sort of alternative lifestyle. Uh, so I support them. It's going to be a cold Sunday. Probably won't say a huge crowd out there. I remember when people used to do protests in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and it didn't matter what the topic was. If there were 20 people show up, it was huge. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. I mean, we just didn't have that many activists and that many people get off their damn butts off their couch and go do something. It's not quite that, that way anymore. People. I remember there was, uh, when the women's march was going on, uh, they had this big, it was a big news story at the time, I'm sure you guys remember, uh, and they made it a big deal on TV. And I drove by just to see if it was worth getting sound bites at. And I was like, wait, there's like three people here. Like on the TV, it looked yeah. like there's like this huge crowd. But it's like, wait, there's like 12, maybe 24 mm-hmm. people here. This is not worth it. The, the biggest <laughs> crowd, the first time I ever saw a really sizable crowd on the Walnut Street Bridge in any kind of rally was actually after it was after the death of Jerry Garcia. Oh, and really? A bunch of deadheads just got out there and were banging on drums and you know waving you know deadhead memorabilia harmless, around. Harmless. And the cops showed up with cameras and were going up and getting in the face of everybody out there and were videotaping them. Mm-hmm. You know, so they would have a record of who showed up for this yeah. unruly gathering of <laughs> counterculture oh types. And they were out there just going, "Hey, dude, what's up?" <laughs> you know, giving the peace sign to the yeah. camera. Nobody was, you know, trying to make any greater point other than the fact that they were sad that their hero had died. It's a classic intimidation tactic. Uh, County Commission is uh, making their decision as to who will replace on an interim basis Robin Smith. I said that there will not be a special election. Right. Uh, but uh, Sabrina Smedley, I believe, is in charge of yeah, this. Yeah, uh, The actual uh, signing of this post. This is the uh, second time they've had to do this with the yeah. recent passing of Mr. Uh, Mike Carter. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird story out of Decatur, Tennessee. The health officials, state health officials, have shut down the Piggly Wiggly <laughs> and Decatur. And Decatur's not that big a town. No. I imagine there's only one Piggly Wiggly. There's probably a Walmart. I mean, but, you know, that's probably 50% of the shopping opportunities you have <laughs> due to a rat infestation. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Gross. Yeah, they they were overrun with vermin. I'm shocked, but I'm also not shocked. And you know what also <laughs> made the national news in a big way this morning on all the morning news shows? You're flying spiders. Oh, I know. You're it's flying everywhere. Spiders. Yeah, that's that has got everybody's I didn't realize uh, how bad attention. It was and every time they go to a close-up shot of one of those Joro yeah. spiders, yep. you see news anchors cringing. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, arachnophobia must be one of the most common phobias in the world. I posted a, I posted yeah. that story on our Facebook page a couple of days ago, and I said, "Meet the Joro spider. Yeah, it will be moving in with you in the near yeah, future." Yeah, and, 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 and there's not anything you can do about it. I, I think posted this a... morning. Maybe it'll kill the mur- the murder hornet. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's a well-founded like genetic reason as to why we're afraid of spiders sure. like why we're afraid sure. of heights and why we're afraid of fire you know it's the like, stuff that kills you it's probably smart to be afraid of those yeah. things uh the city of chattanooga is working to define and we've been talking about this for years and years what is affordable housing 
Heart, we we talk about it. We got candidates talking about it. We got everybody talking about it. It's but buzz, what is it's, it? It's a buzzword. It depends what on is, who you ask. What is yeah. affordable? Affordable housing, housing exactly. could be a hundred dollars or a million dollars. It's a it's a buzzword. Uh, there was uh, the the lady, and it turns out to be a teacher down in Ringo Dade County High School uh, that brought the gun to school. Yeah, well, everybody there was, a lot was more to it. Every, than that. I was going to say everybody was assuming it was a kid brought an unloaded gun, but there was ammunition inside the actual carrying case. And it turns out it was actually a teacher named Catherine Howard. And now they're trying to figure out if she actually, well, she, she definitely broke the law. Uh, the law is, is broken. I mean, you're not supposed to have a firearm anywhere near a school. Yeah, I don't think that she should be facing the punishment she is. Actually, her attorney is uh, McCracken Poston, and he yeah. came out with a statement, uh, I think to WTVC yesterday, and he talked about how, uh, the, according to his narrative, she brought in several boxes of uh, art supplies from yeah. a relative's house. And the, her dad's. Her dad had yeah. passed away, and, and this the, was his gun. Right, and the gun just happened to be in one of the boxes, and she's the one who reported it. So she saw it and goes, oh, oh wow. yeah, you've heard my story about the kid that reported himself to the teacher when he yeah. actually accidentally brought his Cub Scout knife yeah. to school and ended up getting five days suspension. Oh, you my know? goodness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I it's mean, just it's, an honest mistake. I mean, yeah, it's a gun, and yeah, it's scary, but it's a mistake. In a while. No one was hurt. Uh, Silverdale, uh, there was a an exploration of Silverdale yesterday, and you had uh, the county mayor, the sheriff, the Austin Garrett, the soon-to-be sheriff. Remember, there's nobody running against him, so yeah. we can just go ahead and, and say Sheriff Garrett uh, yeah. and, and soon-to-be and, sheriff. Soon-to-be. Um, took a tour yesterday. $6.5 million project now underway to overhaul Silverdale. It has been a while. I mean, they've got everything from fire issues. Much needed. Yeah, I was going to say to just, I mean, just issues in general with overcrowding. Prisons are a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. Uh, The more people you put in prison, the more painful it's going to be to the people who actually pay for it. Um, When the county took over in 2020, it took it away from the private contractor. I applauded that and still applaud it. Whatever they need to do to get it up to to par do it well something that needs to be said about jails too is that it's a jail and not a prison and jail is for people who are accused of crimes but have not been convicted of crimes so these are people who are awaiting trial generally speaking so these are people who under the legal standard have done nothing wrong they're being held until they can be seen by a judge so it's i think a a very should be a very high priority to get the standards very high in jails because I mean, you've been to jail. Yeah. I've never been to, but I very easily could have several times. Yeah. So I would want a good facility if I've, I were to get arrested. Yeah. I have somebody that says, have you ever been to prison? The answer is no. Right. Have been to jail? Yes. Repeatedly. And I've spent a couple of nights there and it's it's no fun. It's not any yeah. place you want to be. Things happen to you in jails. Uh, so even when you're there on something very minor, you want to get out as soon as you possibly can. I am a very, very lucky man that I have never been in jail. You've never, heard, am, you've never heard the clang. So lucky. Oh, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a pathetic sad. This is sound. not me doing well. This is the luck of the deities that I don't believe in. This, I is, but they believe in you, buddy. They believe in you. Maybe it's a reason to convert. My Georgia goodness. Senate, the state Senate. Uh, said uh, no yesterday to a bill that would allow people to use their mounted cell phones, cell phones mounted on your windshield or Uh-oh. on your dash at traffic lights. So like everyone th- does? Yeah, was, well, so yeah, like everybody does. Whether it's mounted or not, people yeah. at a traffic light are going to pick up their phone and text and check texts and do stuff while they're sitting there waiting. That is against the law. It is against the law. It is the against law. the law. If they, they see you do it, it. Yeah, they, if they see you doing it, they will ticket you. And so they said, well, what about these guys that have these hands-free things? Shouldn't they be allowed to do that at, at, at a stoplight? No. 
Not in Georgia. No, they will not. And it's annoying to me because on my phone, all you have to do is wake it up with the finger sensor, which takes half a second, and then you hit one button, which is like the voice activation thing, and you just tell it what you want it to do. So if I wanted to change songs or whatever, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, theoretically speaking, if a cop saw me do that through his windshield into my rear view, I could get arrested. There's no use in me denying it because too many people have seen me do it. I used to be really bad about texting and driving. And, yeah, I know uh, because you would leave, and then I get a text from you. And I'd I be know, like, oh. and so and so I've re I've really I've really reduced that down to just about zero now. If Might as well put I a bottle of text. Jack Daniels in your hand. I was going to say, yeah, I, I, I do not text. And drive. I, I, since I since I did get ticketed for it in Red Bank, I've been much more careful about it. I do <laughs> pull over if I just have to, but still, like when I'm listening to my Bluetooth going down the road. And then it goes into one of those endless commercials because I don't pay YouTube to give me their, you know, premium package. Yeah, Here's why you need Squarespace. And, and I have to lean over there and hit the skip ad thing. And sometimes yeah. I have to actually look at it to see where the skip ad thing has moved to. Right. It's not a screen big deal. shift, you know. So, I mean, I, if I, I'm going to do that at a red light whether they like it or not. Yeah. Sorry, I can't, can't help you, Georgia. No, I'm with you. Another bill also advancing through the Georgia House is one that would peel state gas taxes off through the end of May to try to help people in that state, and every other state's going to follow suit. This is one of the most bipartisan pushes I've seen. And actually, yeah. funnily enough, I'll give credit to the Democrats. I'll give some credit to the Democrats. That's about 18 cents a gallon. Yeah. There was a bipartisan push led by Chuck Schumer a couple of weeks ago that would have done exactly this. So, you know, props to them for thinking of it a couple of months before the rest of everyone did, I guess. A flurry of uh, news that deals with Ukraine and other international things very quickly and then we'll get Matt in here in just a second of course uh, we talked about the maternity the children's hospital and maternity hospital uh, being hit in Ukraine oh we're going to talk about that uh, during the flex it's really interesting 17 dead excuse me, 17 wounded 3 dead yeah. right. and of course the Russians are denying that they hit any civilians whatsoever sure. they said the only people that were in there were armed terrorists <sighs> and extremists and of course the rest of the world sees the pictures and the video and hears the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth and they're still digging through the rubble for bodies and the Russian state news reporting that they're denazifying this particular, you know, port city and that, you know, no civilians have been hit. God almighty. I mean, oh, it gets worse. Just, Do you know just the story about moms, moms on a mission in Ukraine? Yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. No. There, there's a group of mothers who are staying in their homes they're not leaving and they're going into all of the areas that have been destroyed and taking videos and mm -hmm. pictures and, and they've created valuable. a network. Yeah. Well, I think we're we're now bracing ourselves and we'll talk more about the, the, the you know, crypto or electronic attacks that could take place, cyber attacks, uh, you know, here on U.S. soil and, and here at home. Uh, in the very near future, but uh, Ukraine's literally looking at now the use of biochemical weapons. Yeah, the White and House it's put probably out a, a foregone that. conclusion. I mean, this, I've never seen a situation in my entire life a scenario like this where the governments involved in an altercation are broadcasting what they feel is about to happen, mm -hmm. and yep. that's been part of our policy on this from the very beginning. And it's hard to say that it hasn't worked to a degree because certainly. The Russians are getting more than they bargained for. I think it's working spectacularly to the extent that it's putting us on the right side, if that makes yes. any sense. Yes, the right side of history and the current, you know, well, the opinion, the pulse the, of the world. The right. intelligence has been 
very, yes. very good. Yes, like, it I has mean, been. it's been very spot on. Like, here's what we think is going to happen. Boom, it happens. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's something to say we could do more about yeah. it since we're so damn understanding what's happening next. And again, I'm not the guy to talk to about that. Russell just mentioned the bipartisanship going on in certain states. Well, the bipartisan deal yesterday, $13.5 billion to go to Ukraine and our NATO allies that surround it. Uh, Biden has expanded federal oversight of cryptocurrency. That was something that kind of snuck in yesterday. Yeah, I'm not a fan I of that. Kn- I knew you wouldn't be. But <laughs> oh, of course, the I, progressive left are going to hate the hell yeah, out of this. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, they, but they pretty much everyone hates again, it. Again, if the if something starts to thrive, look at we were talking about marijuana earlier. Mm-hmm. The government is not going to let a potential income source go by. Right. And and that's that. I never was. I was a fan of decriminalization not the government getting into the marijuana Hillary Clinton's been talking about this business. for the last year or two yeah and uh, cryptocurrency uh, is definitely going to be no one's listening to Hillary at this point but she's no. been talking about this for a couple of years of getting the government getting involved in the crypto business. yeah most of the time she's not worth listening to when it comes to like foreign policy issues but on uh, domestic uh, money issues she has quite a lot of experience with laundering already so <laughs> uh, she's worth listening to yeah uh, but no when it when it comes to uh, cryptocurrency I think that it's it, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of it because I'm a big like gold standard guy, uh, being the the classical libertarian that I am. But um, I think that it's sort of inevitable. It's the way of the future. Venezuela actually some of their currency is backed by crypto. Du- uh, Dubai is now ground zero for the war on the oligarchs. Thirty eight businessmen or officials linked directly to Vladimir Putin own dozens of properties in Dubai. I mean, it it it, mm-hmm. it really. Abu Dhabi is completely man-made. I mean, I mean, yeah. all cities are yeah. man-made, but I mean, actually, the peninsula it's itself shaped to be like a palm tree, yeah. and yeah. it's completely terraforming. It's, it's exactly what it is. And they said, so "We've got uh, thirty-eight folks out there yeah. that are on the list that have lost their yachts, their properties. Everything has been frozen. A uh, total of three hundred fourteen million, and that is just barely touching the surface. Yeah. Barely." touching the surface that's cool and all but i mean we can't forget i hate to be the guy who does like oh well actually but we can't forget <laughs> that like the saudis and the abu dhabians still use like slave labor yeah so you know <laughs> it's a little bit well, the fact the fact that switzerland that monaco that the caymans all these places yeah. that have these offshore shell industries they're cooperating well they're I cooperating wonder, in this effort. i haven't seen anything about panama i wonder if panama is i kind of doubt it i don't know um real quick uh, mark meadows former trump chief of staff uh, is now being <laughs> questioned about his voter registration. Yes, the man who huh? who voiced his concern for Trump about the 2020 election and improprieties and voter registration being awry and voter records being off base and dead people voting, voted twice in two different states. That's already been proven. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But he has a mobile home in Scaly Mountain, North Carolina. Scaly Mountain, North Carolina. Okay. He has the physical address down on a voter registration form in North Carolina and voted there, and the neighbors say he has never darkened the door of this property. He's never been to the town, never been to the community, but he cast a vote there. So here's the man pointing fingers, and he's, of course, got four pointing right back at him. Uh, Texas officials, speaking of elections, mm-hmm. have already flagged 27,000 mail-in ballots in the most recent gubernatorial race for rejection. 27,000, and that's both Democrat and Republican ballots. Mm -hmm. And now most of those will end up passing muster 
but they're being held right now. And it's easily, I mean, you can, you can make this prediction that there will be more mail-in ballots rejected than in history in any other state because of the changes they've made there. Yeah, I think that there should be heightened scrutiny when it comes to the elections in any case. I think elections should always have double and triple and quadruple checks and be under heavy scrutiny. Um, in Dallas, as well, not Dallas, yes, Dallas, uh, there was, I think, close to 30,000 ballots that were tabulated but not properly counted into the system. And so the, now those are going to have to be redone. So Texas has had a lot of election issues recently. Uh, uh, Ukrainian government, the Ukrainian government has banned the export of anything you can eat. Uh, wheat, oats, meat, any kind of staple. They're not going, it's not going to be leaving the country. So, you know, there's, there's a very gray area. You know, even when you're at war, do you want to tell the businesses inside your national borders that they cannot conduct business and they have to give away their product or service for the betterment of the country? Yeah, well, that's what that's what war does, and that's what you, they're doing. You've brought up an interesting thing that I wanted to touch on, but I didn't know when to or how to. Uh, the price of wheat, not weed, but wheat, wheat, has gone up significantly over the last couple of weeks to the mm -hmm. point where it's affecting brewing companies, it's affecting sure. bread makers, it's affecting... Do you know why? Because Russia... Uh, accounts for it's the breadbasket of the world. It accounts for fifty six point nine percent of total global sales of wheat, and we're not buying it now. And we aren't buying it now. So there you have it. Another another point so of inflation. We're at eight percent inflation. I, I'd like to make one more point about sure. that. So if we hadn't subsidized corn for ethanol and had stuck to wheat, maybe this wouldn't be a problem. Uh, Don't know. We'll never know <laughs> because we did. Northern city of uh, Chernihiv, um, we have uh, numerous organizations, including Amnesty International, now saying that that was definitely a war crime. It couldn't be anything else. 47 mm -hmm. civilians killed last week in an airstrike, a Russian airstrike, directed at civilians. There was, is, there was, it was not a military target at all. As bad as these numbers are, I, I have to say, I'm, still low. They're shockingly low. Remarkably low. Yeah. Oh, the Russians have already lost more troops. And this, what are we, a week and a half into this war mm -hmm. than we did in the entire Iraq war, yeah. than America did in the entire Iraq war. Well, we didn't take very heavy that. losses no. in, at all. But, I mean, that's still, that's that, that should be sobering to them. Yeah. Uh, and last two things uh, I got here. Chernobyl definitely um, is, it's been taken off the European power grid. Mm -hmm. So people were worried that there would be leaks because... If there's no electricity coming out, that means there's no electricity coming in. That means the, it's actually sitting there with those cooling rods in the water, but no electricity to operate the plant as they normally would. Most experts believe that there will be radiation escaping from the facility, but it will not be a meltdown and that they actually can probably handle the scenario mm -hmm. as it is right now, status quo. So we will not see another Chernobyl and you know Chernobyl <laughs> for what for what it's worth. <laughs> who would have thought though? I was just talking about this with a friend of mine, and I'll, I'll be fast. But who would have thought that you know here we are in the year 2022 already, and somehow Chernobyl is a talking point again? Like this is just like science fiction. It's like a Tom Clancy novel. Yeah, it was just a TV show the other day. Yeah. One last, uh, and this is one last local story here. Uh, oh, well, let me get the South Korean president. Uh, we mm -hmm. have a new South Korean president, Yun Suk Yaul. Yeah. And uh, he is with the Liberal Party there. He's probably um, just as corrupt as all the other previous South Korean presidents. He is a former uh, prosecutor, and he's very, very uh, harsh on North Korea, has already iterated his opinion that South Korea could take first unilateral strikes 
against North Korea if they feel threatened. So another another little amping up of a yet another well, powder keg. Let on it the be planet. said, I actually surprisingly have a tiny bit of experience, t- modicum of experience with South Korea. Um, it should be said that most presidents say that because they want to appear strong and sure. tough on North Korea. Uh, this dude has been particularly tough on a lot of issues. He thinks that the minimum wage should be lowered, um, and he thinks that expired foods should be allowed to be sold to poor people. Now, that on its face sounds horrible, but it's actually not, no, I think. No, uh, to keep it from being wasted. To keep it from being wasted. I think that's a great idea. But South Korea has a bad history of politicians being horribly corrupt. You may recall one of their previous presidents was arrested because he was a member of a cult. Uh, Cleveland woman, Cleveland, Tennessee woman. This is the last story I'm going to have. We'll get Matt in here in just seconds. Her name is Jessica Hedgecock, 34 years old, went to a health facility where she had an appointment and was told to put on her mask. And she said, no, I don't have to. And they called the police and they arrested her. Mm -hmm. And she has a hearing going on. Actually, she had one yesterday and she was going to defend herself. She said no attorney would take her case. So she's going to represent herself and had an appearance yesterday in County General Sessions Court Could up she get in Bradley. A but I, 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 if she wants one, the thing is that that's the first stop. That's your bus stop. You don't have to have a defender there. But now, sure. if it goes to criminal court, which is what it will end up doing, especially with her defending herself, yeah. because if you defend yourself, you got an idiot for a client. Yeah. And uh, apparently, she was told by the receptionist, "You have to wear a mask." He said, "No, ma'am, I do not." And walked in, and yes, you do. It's their business. It's their property. You don't have a single right that they cannot override and eject you from their business and their property if they want to. There is nothing that guarantees you the freedom to just wander around and break people's rules inside their business. I can't believe that people still haven't gotten this through their thick, thick skulls. Especially yeah, a weird. health uh, place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the point. I've right. been very critical of all mask mandates, but, I mean, come on. You, you know the rules, dude. Come on. All right, here we go. Everybody's and got one. Everybody's got one editorial segment of the show brought to you by Cadis. And everybody does have one, and most of them stink. You know what they are, those opinions. The mission of Cadis is to deliver the highest quality treatment, prevention, and education services to the chemically dependent, their families, and the community at large, regardless of ability to pay. All right, the website has more information. Go to Cadis. Uh, truly embodies a treatment center where hope and hard work agree on a better life. They accept all tin care, most all commercial and third-party insurance plans and state grant beds and are available to those who qualify. All that money is. And here is, I'm going to combine both the Everybody's Got One editorial segment and the duh segment today. And uh, it's just about the possible cyber attack that we're being warned could be heading our way from Russia and what form it would take and what we're supposed to do about it. We have been given handy dandy little refrigerator magnet, you know, top 10 lists of things to do to avoid getting COVID, of things to do to get better gas mileage for your car now that gas is through the roof. But I have yet to see the handy dandy USA Today style breakdown in a nice little bar chart saying, here's what you can do to protect yourself against a cyber attack. And we mentioned yesterday the fact that just a casual conversation that I had with a bank manager while I was doing some banking the other day, and they were saying that people were quietly pulling their money out of their accounts and hanging on to it in cash at home or somewhere else 
because they are distrustful of what might happen to the banking industry, probably be one of the first targets if the infrastructure goes down. U.S. intelligence officials telling Congress in a threat assessment that Russia's cyber operations, what they have already used before, we have a good track record that we can look at and see what they've done. They could do it to us. In 2017, they took down Ukraine's, the largest container shipping company in the world, banks, power plants, did about $10 billion in global damage. One company, NotPetya is what it was called, NotPetya. And they have numerous groups that could do this. So I would love for you guys, as we talk to Matt here, and, uh, and, and get into a, a more local conversation. If you got a second, just do a quick search and just say, what are we supposed to do? What is the average American citizen supposed to do? What steps do we take to make ourselves less vulnerable to a cyber attack? I would, I would love to know. Yeah, well, I'll tell you right off the bat, um, when it comes to infrastructure, there's really not much that can be done aside from just like be a prepper, basically. Because when digital services go down, uh, you, can't, you as an individual can't really do anything about it. Well, the duh part of that comes from me asking that question because I don't know. So we'll, we'll try to get an answer here before the end of this show. And uh, the duh segment is brought to you by Chattanooga Safety Products on Highway 58 next to the Hungry House. All of your industrial safety footwear and PPE needs. Safety begins at your feet at Chattanooga Safety Products and I bet you forgot about this, but actually Dax Turner is going to be our guest on Monday. Monday on yeah. Monday, yeah. No, I didn't forget. Uh, talking about, you know, trying to get some people to volunteer for the volunteer fire departments. Sure. Oh. Uh, it's always been a, a badge of honor for people who live in rural communities, but apparently the new blood coming in from Nashville, Atlanta, L.A., New York, Chicago, people coming and buying these country homes and property with cash don't understand that culture and are not signing up. Right. So we have a lot of rural communities have a lot more people, higher end houses and developments and nowhere near enough people in these volunteer fire departments. All right, we are joined by Matt Hollander. And uh, Matt, good to see you, my friend. Good morning, thank you all for having me. It's been a while um, and you're running for county mayor as we all know. Yes sir, county and mayor, May 3rd's primary. Look here, this is the front page of the Times Free Press. Have you seen this already, the I region haven't. section? Fleischman endorses Hollander in Hamilton County Mayor's race. So you've got the sheriff's endorsement, and we'll leave all that controversy out. We talked to Cody Womp about that the other day, and, and if, if he endorsed you over her brother and she advised him that that was okay, I'm going to go ahead and say probably that was okay legally. So I don't think there's any problem with that. I don't think so, and I'm fortunate to have it. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Fleischman, the congressman, you don't always see, you know, when there's a hot primary going on, elected representatives choosing sides where you got his endorsement and jen just pointed out that my attorney attorney and, to the stars friend of mine yeah too. lee davis and mayor of walden also endorsed you yeah i appreciate so that that's powerful yeah. yeah i mean and lee is without a doubt the single best attorney i respect since him the yeah. death of f lee bailey in the southeast <laughs> as far as i'm concerned <laughs> well you know? i'm grateful for all their endorsements and hope to get some more all right um the same question i would normally ask of anybody uh in your position why why oh why would you take this on yourself <laughs> when you've got a successful business and i know that you, you 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 sold it you know last year two years ago whenever it was and so you have a lot of time on your hands you have freedom i, I know that you're a, a community booster but god almighty even the the smaller local political races are just now so divisive and so ugly and we've already seen the ugliness you know rear its head and why why do you want to do this well, thanks for asking. I, I wake up every day, and I don't know if it's God or the devil talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> Probably both. Um, yeah. 
No, I, when I sold my business, I, and I, I've thought about this for a number of years, and I've had friends reach out, and you know they wanted me to give back. And so I asked a lot of friends that didn't have an agenda, friends from out of town or a former peer group, their opinion of me running, and they said, well, you're a better version of yourself when you're giving back and when you're busy. Uh, I went and talked to several folks. I had One day I had lunch with John Kinsey, and he said, I think you would do a great job. I want to help you. And he said, I'll tell you, when I was city mayor, that was the most rewarding time of my life. I met with Bob Corker, and he said, when I was mayor, that was the most rewarding time of my life. So I, think I talked it, to Senator Corker about that, and, and he did. He said the same thing. He said he actually enjoyed being mayor. One of the few. Yeah, just just had 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 a good time doing it, and certainly left the city in better in better condition than than when he found it. Yeah, no, I mean a number of things happened that led up to my decision, but those were definitely influential, and I just think I have the opportunity to make the biggest difference as being mayor and giving back. Um, the 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 hot button issues for this position, county mayor, seem to be askew to some degree with reality uh beginning with uh, we'll use david cook's column that was in uh, monday's times free press pointing out the fact that 9800 some odd crimes committed in the county in two years only 14 of them were gang related so one of the other candidates literally is leading with going after gangs cody womp in the district attorney's office in that race that's a different thing but leading with gangs and david's you know argument was gangs are not that big a problem not even in the city of chattanooga much less the greater county so is it really worth even mentioning in tv spots and taking up that precious expensive time well they are part of the problem but like you noted there's a array i did a ride along a couple weeks ago on the west side with the the county the county uh, sheriff's office and i was blown away it was so eye-opening we had a major drug bust that night. We had an overdose. There were two high-pursuit chases, one ended at gunpoint at a Waffle House on 58 Highway. Um, it, it was unbelievable to me what would happen in the middle of the night on a Thursday night, and none of that was gang-related. Uh, there was a lot of drug issues, I think, are a problem. And, of course, during, uh, you know, the, since the pandemic, opioid overuse yeah. be became really bad, and I witnessed that that night. But when I do my surveys, I've, I've paid for two. I'll be transparent. And other people, businessmen, Hamilton Flourishing, other folks, I'm sure other They've done plenty. You have access to theirs. You know, every one of them show public crime and safety as the top priority. Uh, normally, infrastructure and economic development flip between two and three. Sometimes illegal immigration's on there. Education's usually four or five. But the mayor wears a lot of hats. And I don't, I don't feel like it's about one priority or two priorities. There is... Uh, we have a broken sewer system. We have this issue with Erlanger. I could go on and on with, with priorities that the mayor has to be responsible for. So I just want to, I'm not going to go fix one. I, I've never been an educator. I've never been a teacher. I'm not going to go tell Justin Robertson how to do his job. I want to come alongside and support him. Same thing with Austin Garrett. We've been friends a long time. I want to support him and what those deputies go through. One issue they have is recruiting. They're down about 50 deputies. The night I went out, they normally have uh, eight deputies on the west and eight on the east, and they were shorthanded in helping e each side. So how do, how do you use the mayor's office and Hamilton County's platform and the sheriff's office to promote and help recruit new deputies? And that'll help part of the, part of the problem right there. Uh, well, you've mentioned one of the other uh, leading issues that seem to be on everybody's mind and the tip of their tongue and, and kind of the tip of the spear in their advertising stuff is, of course, economic development. And we know that growth is going to occur. Um, untethered, 
um, unwatched, uncontrolled growth can be problematic. And uh, just look at Atlanta. Atlanta has grown itself into a tizzy, no longer can support itself. It doesn't have enough water for it to, you know, for the city to drink. And that's what happens when you just let people just develop, 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 and put no rules or regulations on them. So we want to see growth. We don't necessarily want to see just exurban sprawl and just become another Jacksonville. Where do you stand on this? I completely agree. I think it's hard and you have to juggle because we want workforce housing here. We need, we actually need to develop our workforce, which is a whole, I could talk an hour about just infrastructure and our sewer system and the development question, but we do need to develop uh, workforce housing here. I think even some of the big projects that are happening right here are going to help with multifamily. And um, I, I do think that we need more, people say proper growth or smart planning. And what does that mean to you? And I just want to sit down, if I'm elected, and be the leader that brings everybody together, the highway department, the regional planning agency, the home builders association, the, the developer, the farm owner next door, and say, what would it take? You know, I, I used to always try, and I'm, I had a meeting yesterday. I'm chairman of the county zoning appeals board. And you typically have two people come in or two parties, and the board feels like we have to vote to make one of them mad and one of them happy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's and, that's your that's your position right there, like a judge. Yeah. If you make a decision, it really ought to be about a 60-40 split going in one way or the other. You know, maybe 50-50 if you're extremely wise, if you're Solomon, you know. Well, but that's what, about the best you can vote for. But, but uh, I think we should all try to figure out how do those two parties both not leave too mad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and that's the issue with development right now. And I think when I go around to small, you know, 93% of our employees are from small businesses. And then I've been to the larger, I uh, met with McKee Bakery and Miller Industries. I had dinner with Volkswagen the other night. They have issues too. And I think that a lot of the problem, for example, Miller Industries set out of their 800 employees, yeah. half of them live in Hamden County. They're driving from Fort Payne and all over the place. McKee's trying to recruit. This is employees. Miller, the towing and recovery. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I hear it everywhere I go. So it is an issue that we have. To, somebody's got to stand up and address it. And how do we address it properly and put a fresh new set of eyes on it? And I think it's bringing everybody together. I have a couple of other questions, but Russell? Sure. Um, we've heard already from Weston Womp, we had him in to talk a little bit about his plans for uh, education. And something that he said that he really wanted to focus on was instead of pushing kids to go directly into college, was instead to focus on trade schools uh, to get kids prepared for the local workforce. Do you agree? Do you have a different strategy? Uh, how do you differ? How do you agree? He referred to it as his meat and potatoes issue, and that was a phrase his dad used to use a lot. Well, um, we're all talking about trade schools, sure, and, sure. and I think they're super important. I'm I'm the one that lived it. I used my company would go around and teach kids how to build tiny houses. Our last one was out at Tyner Academy. I just went and toured Sequoia Vocational School. Uh, I I could talk about this subject for an hour as well, but I'm a huge proponent of trade schools. I think we can grow. We have enough capacity to put 100 more students at Sequoia. Uh, the one downtown, the Construction Career Center, opens in August. It'll start with 120 kids, but there's t there's room to grow and have more students there. There's more we can do at Harrison Bay Vocational. And the issue, I believe, when I went to Udawal and I had friends that went to Harrison Bay Vocational, it was like the bad kids that smoked cigarettes. 
and um it, it that stigma is part part of the problem now sure. a, lot, a lot of those guys own their own body shop now and they're probably yeah. doing a lot better than had they went to college and even the stigma around how most of them probably degree. are yeah i was going to say a four-year degree doesn't guarantee you a darn right. thing now we also have trade schools we can do stuff in individual schools like howard has a nursing program now they're working with erlanger on but i, I want to promote it number one like how do the students and their parents know what's available and and tell positive stories take some of these guys from southeast line training or miller industries or send them into a school not necessarily the rich white guy with a new pickup truck but the guy with the beard and the tattoos that is a welder saying i'm making 75 grand a year and you can too and and how do we promote that to the students sure. and let them know yeah and let's face it school's not for everybody and uh, you know there's their family businesses you had one yourself mm -hmm. i mean was it necessary for you to go to school and get a degree i mean if you stepped right into the family business you knew that it was a spot waiting for you there i probably learned a few things at chattanooga state but i'd probably been ahead had i just started working so i mean in all honesty i yeah. think there's a misconception or or not Stigma. really a misconception but i think a lot of people only know you from hulco that's it they don't actually understand the spectrum of things that you do for this community during that time and, and after i'll let you address that and then i have a follow-up on the same thing yeah and i'll try to be quick i know we're limited on time but no i have a lot of business experience holco helped but while i grew holco and built my team and we expanded into other cities i had a great team around me which let let me have time to go do commercial development i've got a dozen businesses you know around town and then my wife and i have our foundation and like to give back to the community but I, I do help build teams and bring that attribute and that's why i get invited to be part of that and various boards well you know i get paid the the big bucks for asking the <laughs> stupid questions that nobody else will so let me do that right uh -oh. now why why would you not have gone with hey buddy considering the the time and effort and money and the years that you put into that brand that branding i was kind of surprised that you did not inserted into but your TV make it spots. better was part of that too yeah, well, i mean it was just yeah and i do like to make it better and whatever you know needs help and some stuff's not broken but we can still make it better we used to have females call our office and we're upset at that oh, time because buddy? it was a male time, oh so. no and the dude <laughs> is is completely non-binary now kids call I mean, me bruh yeah i was gonna say bruh <laughs> dude buddy come on you know that's just part of the deal i'll now. tell you a funny one we actually had this mannequin that we carried everywhere with us and he would hang out at our office and people would dress him up and his name was buddy and he had a name tag hey, buddy. when i sold the business i kept buddy and he's been in a closet at my house in the guest bed Room. let him out well i it's had just, a it's 2022 <laughs> i had a friend here from dallas this past weekend that went to put his clothes in that closet and he had a scared the hell oh, out of yeah, week 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 go to matt's house week 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 um all right so i i am going to ask you about about the uh one of your opponents i'd love to just call it oh, sabrina, the same question as me then okay yeah, so, yeah so, me so, too. So, so sabrina smedley's uh commercial that is running with great regularity right now it was a well-done commercial I, I said this to Matt beforehand when I was out there talking to him and you guys were, were, were getting ready. And I said, that spot is divided right down the middle. It was brilliant, about 50% of it, and the way she set it up. I mean, that one strike at the good old boys riding their dad's coattails, that was one rock that hit you and Weston both at the same time because you have very well-known dads, of course, who were well-established in politicians. But then she comes back with the how can you not how could you possibly be a conservative and have conservative values if you're not a single mother of three right and i'm like well what 
What? Do you understand the value of of hard work? Yeah, I was going to say, how could they understand the value of hard work if you're not a single mother of three? Apparently, that's the requirement now. So I just, I mean, how did that strike you? I get a lot of feedback from folks on on, on, uh, the way everybody's campaign is being ran. All all I'm doing is focusing on me and and what I want to do for Hamilton County and the priorities I think are important. And I want people to meet me and get to know who I am. And I'm going to try my best to you can say what you want to, to say to, yeah we're a podcast to, to, you know to keep things positive it, you know they've most likely seen the polling i've seen and they're behind and i hate that they have to go negative to catch up but do you do you do you think being a good old boy is, a, is an insult or a negative is that something well, you have to get beyond i would argue if you've been around politics nearly a decade maybe you're the good old boy i don't know i, I that's what i'm saying being a the good old boy network's great when you're a good old boy if i'm if i'm inside <laughs> the circle i'm for it every time when it's us versus them i'm for us i wish you i know? was a good old boy <laughs> so that's, that's not that big a deal to me um, all right, so what's uh, something that would surprise people about your, your candidacy? You are very soft-spoken. Uh, you're, you know, uh, the, I've, I've said the, the intensity that the Womp family can bring, and Weston's certainly more mellow than he used to be than his dad was or oh, than yeah. Cody is right now. Uh, but you're, 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 you're very laid back for a politician. Well, one, I'm not a politician, and I'm not the most uh, articulate, uh, and I'm not as well-spoken, but I know I'll get the most done, and that's what I've always done, and I think any of my friends or past employees or former or even business partners would, would tell you that. I, I, I know how to influence and bring people together and get stuff done, and I, I usually joke when I have my fundraisers or speak that i got to see in public speaking at Chattanooga State, which I did, um, but that, that would be the difference to me. I'm not... I'm not a politician. I'm a businessman. Well, the the man you would be replacing pretty much fits the same description I just gave. Jim Coppinger was not a fiery, you know, rhetoric guy. He wasn't an eccentric like Dalton Roberts. I, I miss Dalton in so many ways. Just his storytelling ability mm-hmm. was remarkable. But, I mean, he kind of cut a swath. Coppinger is just that, you know, very quiet, head down, ears back, get it done kind of guy behind the scenes. Yeah, and he has got a lot done. He's been a great mayor. And, you know, Mike Compton was chief of staff for Coppinger and for uh, Bob Corker. And, you know, uh, Jim is more of an administrator, had that background, and he'll sit around the table and help find a solution. I think Bob did the same thing, but he sat around the table less and looked at somebody and said, get it done. And Yeah, he was I, big in delegating authority. Uh, and, and I'm... I'm probably in the middle. I want to be involved, and I want to know what the issue is. But I, then I want to ask the question, what would it take right. to fix this or make it better? You you are a parent. Yes. How many kids you got? I have one 16-year-old daughter, daughter, daughter. Almost 17. Did all right, Everybody's talking about the, the guarantee of the involvement of parents in schools. I'm going to make sure parents can be involved in schools. I raised six kids, and there was never one time when I wanted to be involved, that they told me you can't be. No, Jeff, we can't listen to you. No, you can't have an appointment with the principal. No, I cannot sit down with you as your son's teacher. I Nobody ever stopped me from being involved. I don't think anybody's being stopped from me being too. involved. I think this has become a real dog whistle, you know, to the, the right-wing extremists in the Republican Party that suddenly the curriculum of the schools are trying to groom your kids into being gay or whatever the crap is, and, you know, and rewriting history and no divisive concepts. That's insanity. If parents want to be heard, they can be heard right now. 
Yeah, and I think part of it is the erosion of the family unit. For some, not all, not the majority, but parents are not as involved as they once were. Uh, like my mom was PTA, and that, that doesn't happen as, as much now. But I do think for a lot of those folks you're referring to, it was during the pandemic when they saw kids learning on Zoom and realized what they were being taught, they wouldn't have known otherwise. And I'm sure that's what stirred up a lot of that. Yeah, did you have any concerns? Did you see anything that, that you thought, I, I, that's questionable to me? Yeah, once. Uh, I don't want to get too specific, but I was watching one of her Zoom classes, and a Spanish teacher was pushing their agenda and Black Lives Matter, and I asked the question, what's that got to do with Spanish? So, Well, mm -hmm. but it, I guess it, 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 it was it generated by the students, or was it just something that they started preaching? I think you just said you don't want to get that now, much into it. Yeah, it was probably, you know, a teacher's agenda, but I'm fortunate, you know, I think uh, Jenny and I are involved, and, and, and you know, there again, when I talk about promoting things, promoting that the parents get more involved is yeah. one of those things. You I don't think any class, any time where a student asks a, a a delicate question about a controversial topic, I would celebrate that. Let's stop everything. <laughs> Screeching tires, break sound effects. Let's talk about this. Professor we have a kid Stiles. who's awake. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, you must understand that you're a talk show host. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. Let's talk Some about this. Well, parents will get involved if you were the teacher. Yeah, yeah. Some of us <laughs> just want to learn Spanish. Have <laughs> you ever seen the Frankenstein's and the storming of the castle? That's exactly pitchforks and brands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, uh, your your pitch, something we have not gotten to. Anything you want to share with people before we let you go today? Yeah, there again, it would take a while. We've got a lot of issues, like I said, infrastructure, economic development. We've got a broken sewer system. That's not bright and shiny for folks to talk about on a campaign trail, but it is a problem. We're about to enter this consent decree with the EPA and the federal government. We've got, um, like the city's been in since, I think, 2013. Uh, of course, education and promoting trade schools public safety, respect for law enforcement, how do we recruit more deputies. Um, I think my pitch is, uh, I was really big, I went to a business school called Aileron up in Dayton, Ohio for a while, they have different classes. It was a nonprofit class for presidents, how to set up a board, class for managers, and they really uh, taught me the value in having a mission and a vision and core values, and I don't mean, like I had core values on the wall forever, dependability, integrity, honesty, faith, family, and that's permission to play. Like you shouldn't work here if you if you're not dependable or yeah. or you're honest. So we recreated our core values. And I want to, as mayor, you as the taxpayer are the customer. So it's my job to deliver customer service to you. And as a previous business owner, I want to give five star customer service. So how do we promote the mission and vision and the values to all the employees of Hamilton County, and then let the public know too. But the biggest thing I want to do that I think can make the biggest difference is to find a way we're not going to on three nine or twelve or in that paper yeah. every day see all the positive thing that's going on or promote that we have a veterans affairs office that can help veterans out. we ha can promote the trade schools or respect for law enforcement or put that camera in that ride along i went on and show the citizens of hamilton county what's really going on well we do the best we can here at the chattanooga drive-in show i'll tell you that to make sure the positive news is mixed in when we say we're chat eccentric we mean it and uh, if you know, if, if the people are talking about it around the water cooler over their beers at happy hour and we're not talking about it, we're doing the wrong thing. I do have to follow up real quick. Aileron, how did you find them? 
So there's a because that, that's that's an aviation term, and keep in mind Dayton, a, the home of the Wright brothers, yeah. Wright Patterson Air Force Base. That's where I was raised up in Fairborn. Uh, I was in a peer group. Probably one of the best things I ever did for my business. I was in two peer groups. I want to do that as mayor too. I want to go find cities and other mayors and other counties that think like I do that want to make things better and look to them. If I've got an issue, why would I try to recreate it? If Greenville, South Carolina figured it out, I just want to talk just about them. But see what they did. My uh, peer group introduced me to it. A friend in Cincinnati had taking his employees there and um, the inventor of Imes dog food his name's Clay Matil he sold Imes to Procter and Gamble for 2.5 billion back in 1999 he took a big portion of that several hundred thousand dollars and created this campus in Dayton any small business owner listening should go to Aileron and they have these courses as a nonprofit that you can take. And then I met my business coach there. We established a friendship. He came in and helped me. He's actually sat on my board until I sold my business. So I, I, I suggested everyone. I just I'll point out that Matt and I were talking and being in the business that he was in, you would you would assume that he would know more about unusual housing areas and communities like the tiny home community mm-hmm. up on the other side of Lookout Mountain Fly Park, uh, the fly-in community that they're developing out in Sequatchie County. And my final question to you would be, uh, how do you feel about you know Sequatchie County's growth, which is going to be explosive, the 2055, Thrive 2055 plan with using the, the greater area of the southeast here and ignoring the county and state boundaries and trying to work together? No, we've got to have our workforce either way, and I think it's a regional thing. Of course, I will be in charge of what happens in Hamilton County, but that doesn't mean I can't reach out to all these other mayors, which I'm setting meetings up with all the ones that surround McDonald Farm right now to talk about how can we work sure. on this together. And everybody, of course, loves the McDonald Farm concept and that purchase, with the exception of Roy Exum. And uh, you ought to just go ahead and get him a little <laughs> tiny home out there so he can just stay out there and just bet you to his heart's I really like your humility. I like, I like this. This is sounding good. Well, thank you. I appreciate being on a morning show that don't suck. Is that your show? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, here, here's one for you, and this would, I will give you a crisp $20 bill. And I know you're in fundraising mode if you can get this on Coppinger's car without him knowing. All right? I know where he, I know where he parks. <laughs> Just go ahead and stick it on there. Get a picture, send it to me. 20 bucks is yours right out of my pocket. That's a guarantee, <laughs> All right. Matt. All right, thank you so much for swinging Thank you all for having me. I appreciate me. it. All I right. appreciate it and very d- much. Uh, uh, Matt Hollander? dot com uh, matt the number four mayor.com and we have uh, several events coming up their own f- social media you can find us thank you so much sir uh-huh. i appreciate you. it all right and we'll move over into the what are you doing category and what are you doing segment and that's uh, made possible by the kindness concern and community commitment of the local and regional professionals at guardian investment advisors gary thurman handles all of our money my wife and i have uh, investments believe it or not 710-9199 is their number 710-9199 and uh, you can talk to gary tide or amber or any of the the staff out there and they will hook you up and jen what do you got i got a couple of little ones tonight there is the shamrock disco from 5 30 to 10 p.m at mac avenue events which is at uh, 1304 Macaulay Avenue. It's $10 to get in. There will be a skate workshop to begin before a disco uh, that will last till 10 o'clock. Sunday, um, not Sunday, let me say this, the Songbirds is cooking over the next several nights. Sunday, Molly Tuttle, who is, I love yeah, yeah, her. Yeah. And she was, at, uh, she was at Moon River last year, mm-hmm. and she is a pianist 
that specializes <laughs> in doing Grateful Dead covers and does them beautifully. But she works with a band called Golden Highway, and they're going to be nice. out there on Sunday. And then of Montreal, an Atlanta-based oh, band, okay. is going to be playing Monday. And then one of my favorite live bands that you'll ever see, they're just a blast, Reverend Horton Heat will be playing Tuesday. I didn't know Let's Reverend see. Horton Heat was still a still thing. Still out there, sure enough. They're actually still playing. One quick, away. what are you doing? Everything we do going forward needs to be quick. Uh, uh, <laughs> sure. McKenzie Arena Sunday watch party for the uh, seating for yes. the Mox men's basketball. I don't. I haven't seen the uh, details. I'm assuming it's going to be free. Come to the arena, watch it on the big video board. Predictions, it's going to be Providence again. After I told the story about the bet we had oh, with wow. Providence. I, yeah. I, I know they're looking at a tw- 13 to 12 seed, seed yeah. which is a really solid seed. Providence will probably be about number four seed seed so that would be it'd either be 12-5 or 13-4 yeah something of that nature so yeah that's uh that a would very that would winnable a very winnable game yeah. likely uh chattanooga market starts april 22nd 23rd 24th they do the whole weekend and you know exactly where that is and the cleveland bacon festival mm. going on this saturday <laughs> Uh, tomorrow, the Tri-State Exhibition Center. If you're looking to get away from the other Abrahamic religions, go to the Bacon 200 Festival. 200 Nature's Trail, McDonald, Tennessee, the Bacon Festival. I don't know much about it, but I can picture it in my head. Yeah, and I can, I can smell too. It. The clientele can, ain't going to be that I much I can fun. smell it from here. <laughs> I love bacon, too. All right. Uh, my corner's going to be so short. Pam's corner. Go yeah. ahead. I've got a lot of prep here, which I'm going to just recycle. Um, the BTS concert. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who they are. Koreans, they're the K-pop, K-pop you know, band, yeah, group. Yeah. Uh, they're they're performing um, at a stadium show in Seoul, and apparently the people that are coming to watch can't clap. They can't stand. <laughs> yeah. They have to sit. They have to wear their masks, and they'll be given clappers. Yeah, it sounds like a blast. They Korea can't had yell. A, they can't dance. Yeah. Nothing. Dude, Korea had really <laughs> weird regulations. Like, um, th- one of the things was that at gyms, they couldn't run faster than a certain speed on the right. treadmills because you would breathe you would too breathe. hard. Yeah. It's like, at that oh, point, weird. just don't go to the gym. Yeah. Bob Dylan has a new book coming out called... Uh, <laughs> I remember how to write. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on, read my book. I remember how to write. Don't forget he's a Nobel Peace, Peace writer. I got a Nobel Peace Prize. Peace We're going to stop the war. Okay, I'll move on. Uh, Tinder is offering free background checks, so there you go. <laughs> that, have they not done that until now? No, but now you get free ones. Don't two. do one on me. I think how you get many, two. How many assaults, date rapes, and murders have taken place <laughs> since Tinder's been in effect? And Florida uh, just not doing background yeah. checks. Come on now. All right. Russell the Love Muscle. That was Pimp. Oh, wait. Pimp I have Ken's one more corner. thing. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Entenmann's. You know the Entenmann's cake? The, the donuts and those, the really good cakes in the grocery store? I've never heard of it. You've never heard of Entenmann's? I don't know that I've noticed oh, the brand gosh, name. The, I don't know what you're talking about either. I'm not just trying to pile on. I don't buy cakes yeah, very yeah. often. I go to City Cafe if I want to buy a cake. I don't really eat cake. It's cakes. a big deal. I haven't deal. had cake in 25 years. What is it? What is it? And Mr. Entenmann died. Oh. oh, just that. Well, that doesn't God rest his soul. That's a big deal. Obviously, <laughs> very impactful. I want a solid black cake with black candles. Thank that's, you so that's, much. That's what he does best. To yeah. Jason Armstrong of American Exotic Guitars, he makes the best guitars you could possibly make with, you guessed it, American Exotics. You know the woods, like Give Osage his new tagline. Orange. New ta- What is that? 
Uh, what did I write to you yesterday? Oh, what, what with your downstairs is you, your business. And, what, and, and guitars what, is our business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, fortunately. Wait, do we read this verbatim or we don't? I can't remember now. <laughs> I've just thrown it all out the window. Jason Armstrong, American Exotic Guitars. Not only does he have very good guitars, he has a great sense of humor. Uh, he makes them out of Osage, Orange, Acacia, Black Walnut, Honey Locust, Sassafras, and Persimmon. That's why it's called American Exotic Guitars. You get it? If you're a guitar mm-hmm. player, you're going to love it. AmericanExoticGuitars.com on Facebook and Instagram where you can reach Jason Armstrong directly, AmericanExoticGuitars at gmail.com. He's a really cool dude. Um, he is. I'm, I'm going to be super short. Uh, I'm going to promote what we're going to talk about next time, so Monday. Uh, because Jeff uh, lit the spark in my mind, uh, we're going to talk about realistic scenarios regarding cyber attacks. So instead Good. of talking about Ukraine, which we could do all day, every day, let's talk about the realistic scenarios for how a cyber attack all on like nuclear-scale cyber attack war would happen could affect us. you could affect would us. affect you yes. might affect you and I what you that. could do to prepare for it right what you as an individual could realistically do to prepare okay. for Thank that kind of valuable customer service for our listeners and viewers <laughs> out there absolutely so weekend tease yeah. yeah monday <laughs> coming up at five <laughs> chattanooga drive-in show all right mountains looking at each other the story is just the story of the endurance all right this was uh Shackleton's ship, Sir Ernest Shackleton to you. He was an entrepreneur. He tried a little bit of everything. Remember in the year 1914, we were in the middle of an exploratory phase. We were going to the Amazon for the first time. We were going into the deepest hearts of Africa. It was, I mean, we didn't even know what was inside the Congo yeah. as, as white Westerners in 1914. Darkest Africa. And Antarctica was a huge chunk of land, a continent that was at that time actually possessed by Great Britain. Most people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. What they did was they made the mistake of approaching it and they were going to circumnavigate it, and then they were going to cross it. That was the plan. They didn't realize how big Antarctica was at the time, but they approached it by the side of the Weddell Sea. The Weddell Sea is a circular bay that holds onto its ice longer than any other place on the planet. Um, even Antarctica, as we now know, the ice shelves are beginning to melt and mm-hmm. break off and calve. But, I mean, there is a summer in antarctica mm-hmm. and it actually takes place during the you know our winter but i mean the ice generally does melt the sea ice melts away in the weddell sea though the circular current keeps it locked in there they didn't know that the ship was trapped by sea ice slowly crushed the entire crew got off they pulled the small escape boats away from the main ship which finally did go down can you imagine what a feeling it must have been to have been trapped on the ice flows and watch your ship sink to the bottom of the sea and there you sit with the wind blowing and nobody and no thing around and no help coming they survived for five months they may as well have been on the moon five months on the antarctic ice sheets and every single member of the crew survived. And they found the ship. They, they used its last known latitude and longitude and found it about three miles away from that point, probably had been carried by the sea ice. Then once it dropped, of course, it fluttered like a leaf 10,000 feet down, three kilometers down, 10,000 feet down. And it is in super 
superb condition. If you haven't seen the video or the pictures, you can literally read the name plate on the back of it, just like it was, you know, that November day it first got stuck in the ice. Mm -hmm. There are no, because of the temperature of the water, they don't have the wood-eating microorganisms that normally are, you know, take these ships apart and turn them into nothing but a bunch of, you know, old cannons laying around at the bottom of the ocean floor. It's pretty much mummified. This thing cannot be touched. It is now because Antarctica is an international piece of property and nobody has rights to it. That ship will remain a living memorial and museum and nobody can take a single thing off of it now the people that actually were on the ship that found it were able to do a lot of ice core samples Mm -hmm. and brought back a bunch of scientific evidence but they were not allowed to take a single splinter off of the endurance 140 feet long three masted wooden ship a revered place in history in general especially among survivalists 10,000 feet down, that is absolutely just almost impossible to even comprehend. But um, the the story of survival is something that should be taught in schools. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is one of those stories. I don't know where the controversy might be <laughs> in the history of this one, but, I mean, it should be taught in schools. Endurance, without a doubt, you know, what better name for this ship and for what these people yeah, had really. to have to survive. So that's your story for today, the storytelling segment. I did actually, I posted about that um, early yesterday, right after we got done recording. Thank you. So if you want to read it, go to our Facebook page. If you're interested in what goes on in Antarctica in the modern day, uh, do a YouTube search for McMurdo Station. It's really interesting. Regional Roundup Shotgun Shoutouts brought to you by Tennessee American Water Company. Hey, we're talking about infrastructure. Again, we are so lucky. Uh, with with Matt Hollander in here running for county mayor, he mentioned the infrastructure. It was a year ago, Jackson, Mississippi, was completely encased in ice. Yeah, they had that major ice storm, shut the entire city down. Jackson's a pretty good sized town now, and they still have muddy water coming out of their faucets, Holy cow. especially in the outlying communities. The further away you get from the water treatment plant, the longer it took the rescue, not the rescue workers, the repair workers to get out there. And so a year later, there are still entire communities that are bathing in muddy, dirty water coming out of their faucets. You would not see that happen in our town. Mm -mm. You know, even if you have a main water break, by the end of that day, that water is generally running again and it's potable. That's what Tennessee American does for you. So thank you to Tennessee American Water Company for sponsoring the podcast here. Very quickly, Bledsoe Telephone Co-op, they're going to be the ones apparently coming in and bringing broadband into Walden's Ridge. Talking about reaching now, EPB, of course, has been with their broadband trapped inside the city limits of Chattanooga for all practical purposes. Here's Bledsoe, the company that we use and we're not in Bledsoe County. We're in Sequatchie County, but it's the county line's just right up. I can hit it with a rock. I can certainly hit it with my twenty-two, and that, that style stretch, shoots county line. That stretch, you know, down Lewis Chapel Mountain, Montlake Mountain, back up the other side of Signal, and all the way to Walden's Ridge. That's a good long stretch now. Yeah. But that's who's going to be bringing broadband to them up there. Very cool. And I'll I'll put a call into Lee Davis to see if he might want to come in here and talk to us sometime about you know news from Walden <laughs> when and he's not too busy. Very quickly, we're wrapping things up here. Uh, state by state news: the four surrounding states, Alabama, Montgomery legislative <laughs> panel swiftly advanced lottery and casino legislation Wednesday after a hearing dominated by opponents who said the plan would hand licenses to just a few powerful operators. Yeah, 
That's the way it That's works. That's how casinos work. That's yeah. the way it works. I've never and, heard of a poor yeah, casino. Again, uh, you, we've watched enough Ozark to know how this works. Uh, Atlanta, yeah. Georgia, a plan to cut state income taxes by more than a billion dollars passed yes. the House on Wednesday, with some Democrats backing the plan despite finding that it would raise taxes on more than 500,000 residents. Of overall benefits tilted toward the most wealthy taxpayers, they believe. But still, tax breaks during election season always good for the person running for office especially in <laughs> excuse me income tax which is highly unpopular go ahead and just cough cough <laughs> as much as you need to and get yeah, it out come. of your system all right nashville did you eat some of my corn nuts i'd breathe something in man yeah, that's what i did yesterday right before we came in here got on the mic i ate a big handful of corn nuts that was not a good idea husks for days anyway right. my point is it's unpopular nashville tennessee republicans in the state house advanced a bill tuesday that would bar k-12 through schools from using textbooks or materials that, quote, promote, normalize, support, or address LGBT issues or lifestyles, mm. unquote. So no hairy milk. K <clears throat> through 12. No Harvey milk. Harvey milk, sorry. Will not be, uh, there might be hairy milk, you know. <laughs> when, when, you, when you get your little, you know, your, your little milk from the milk lady, you might want to check it for human hair, but no Harvey milk will be mentioned. Back in my uh, day, we called it Sasquatch milk. Scaly Mountain, North Carolina. Allegations ex-White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows lied to election officials about living in a Macon County mobile home have led to calls for an investigation, and he is being investigated even at this time. Top of the pops. When uh, Larry King lied about being good friends with Sandy Koufax in his <laughs> biography. <laughs> like, why would you lie about Hang out with Sandy Koufax and Sandy's wife's going, I never heard of this guy before in my life. He's the guy with suspenders? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, my husband didn't know him. Sports Barn has three locations in our town, been getting and keeping people healthier and happier and in shape since 1979. Weight training, personal training, spinning, winning, and a com- comfortable, non-threatening atmosphere. Going Real quick, Thomas, we got to run. Um, yeah. uh, I'll still call him Low Energy Matt, not Low to No Energy. I'll just call <laughs> him Low Energy Matt, and he, he and he did actually address that. Uh, yes. I enjoyed I enjoyed him today, yeah, I and I think the the county's uh, his county the county's in good hands with both Weston or Matt. I'm still going to endorse Weston, and Sabrina probably do a fine job too. Sabrina but has been invited to come tune. in. I would love to have she her. You know, she have her to come she in. Oh, I, I, if she comes in, that'd be fine. I wouldn't love to gonna, have her. We're not going to we're not going <laughs> to track anybody down. So anyway, that's that's us for today. We're we just we assured can we will not have her. Bypass so them and just head nobody, straight nobody to the cares end of the I show. Uh, Monday again, we'll be uh, talking with Dax Turner about trying to get people in the rural communities to join up with those fire departments. I'm already beyond the age bracket myself. Really? You you could do it. You could yeah, do Russell, it, Russell. You, What's you stopping you? The people, the people are stopping him. Yeah, <laughs> he'd have to do. He'd have to rescue people when That's he wants right. to see hey. people. That's he right. wants to see the demise of human. Can we empty the house before we put the fire out? All right. Thank you very much for listening. Chattanooga Drive-In Show. Continue to listen. Spread the word, and spend a little money with our sponsors, and tell them you heard it here or watched it here on whatever platform you Please find. Please give the us podcast. a review on Facebook. All right. And yeah. Give us a good some, one. Yeah. Give us money. Give bad, us money. A bad review is almost as good as a, a bad review. Any review. review. Yeah. Any review. Talk us up. Talk us up. Talk us up. You said we suck. It doesn't matter to me.